Well, welcome on this uh, Tuesday uh, morning, brisk November, a beautiful November morning to Synergy, uh, virtual, Synergy online, Synergy digital, whatever you want to call it. We're not together and we're looking at ourselves through this uh, uh, digital platform. We want to thank you for coming to Synergy and uh, welcome each one of you. Hey, just a, just a quick word of scripture. I'll pray and turn it over to Tim uh, Nussbaumer, who is heading up our Synergy trainings, and he'll introduce our guest, and uh, we'll begin. Um, there is a line in the very familiar charge of Paul to Timothy towards the end of his correspondence with him, and we're all familiar with that. Uh, preach the word in season and out of season. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. But right in the middle of those familiar commands, there's one that I, uh, I've kind of latched onto. And this is what it says in the New International Version. Keep your head in all situations. <laughs> Don't do something stupid. No, uh, guard your head, be sober-minded. And I, you know, we're getting all situations thrown at us at this point. And so it's a really good reminder to keep your head, keep your balance, keep your focus on what you've been called to do. So. Uh, let me pray and I'll turn it over to you, Tim. Okay. Thanks. Father, so grateful for the word of God. Thank you for speaking to us in times like this so clearly. Uh, thank you for all who are on this call and for their interest in not only their own care, but the, the care of other people, other leaders in their, in their spheres of influence. Bless us in our conversation in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, just a quick reminder, we, we had talked about, you know, doing going back to synergies in person. And then every time we talk about that, it seems like the rates go right back up. And so we thought we'll just keep it, uh, keep it super simple for now and, and stay virtual. Um, also, for me, I think it's really good for us to sometimes get folks, um, we joke about it, but outside of our tribe, uh, sometimes when it's uh, people just in our, in our circles, we can kind of hear the same things over and over again. And uh, Dave Whitehead has, um, been around uh, New York City for 17 years. He's now uh, down in God's, God's Country, down in Nashville, Tennessee area. And um, But Dave was my trainer about, I think, seven or eight years ago with um, gospel coaching. And um, he has like a real pastor's heart. And I was, as I was thinking about uh, the pandemic and about leaders and pastors, about like what, what I've gone through and what I've heard others have gone through and just how difficult it is right now to navigate. Um, Dave was one of the first people that came to my mind, just has a real pastor's heart. And so I reached out to Dave about a little over a month ago to see if he'd be willing to do this. And uh, yeah, we, we got him. And so I'm excited to uh, see Dave again, but also I'm excited to, for you guys to hear his heart and just how we can be attentive to what God is doing in us as leaders uh, during this pandemic. So Dave, thanks again for, for joining us. And I'm gonna turn it over to you. Well, it's, thank you so much, Tim, and uh, it's it's an honor to be with you guys. Really, um, we're, I'm just so glad to be with you. I, I have such a unique uh, job to be able and privilege to uh, be able to um, uh, interact with different expressions of the body of Christ. As Tim has said, I'm I'm what's called the global coaching catalyst for city to city, and so I. I worked just before this call. I was on a call with leaders from Chile, Peru, and um, Argentina on a setting up a coaching training uh, next week. So it's great to be able to speak in everything in English without a translator. So this is nice. Get to be able to have a direct connection here right now. And so 
I'm privileged to be with you guys. Uh, as Tim has said, um, I've been in ministry for a long time, became a Christian from militant atheism in 1980. So I'm a little bit older buck. Uh, and then um, now am, I've been married 35 years, have two wonderful daughters, and am adjusting to Franklin, Tennessee. It's a wonderful adjustment after 17 years in Manhattan, New York. So we're talking about what I was asked to talk about is what does it look like to have health in this current state? So let me just, I, I'd like to get to know you guys. So uh, do me a favor in the chat, uh, for those of you who are able to do this in the chat, and for those of you who just rather say it, um, how would you describe your emotional state today? Give me, give me some word associations. If you were gonna use a word to describe your emotional state today, give them to me. Yeah, tired, stressed. What else? Feel free to say it. Steven feels good. Whoa, that's good. Notice how I'm doing this for you millennials, you know. Stable for now. For now, give it an hour. Yeah. Yeah, stressful, tiring. Overwhelmed, sure. Absolutely. It's common. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Uh, is it Narciso? 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 Narciso. All right. Thank you, Narciso. What do you mean by expectation? Expectation that what is happening now after the next week, the next month, the next year, not, not at the church, but around us. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. If anyone's just joined, we're, we're talking, we're, we're texting and talking about the state, how we are describing our emotional state today. Yeah. Yeah. This looks very, very common right now. You know, uh, as you guys keep typing in and feel free to keep typing in. Um, I'm in a unique position in that, uh, I was on the phone today with um, leaders in Santiago, Chile, and uh, Lima, Peru, and Buenos Aires, Argentina. Guess what? They're feeling the same way. Uh, yesterday, I was on the phone with leaders in Johannesburg, South Africa, and Cameroon, and guess what? They're feeling the same way. As I'm interacting with leaders in Amsterdam, and Germany, and England, and France, and Spain, they're feeling the exact same way. This is a pretty universal situation here, guys. It's not, it's not isolated to the states. It's not isolated to your life. Now, <clears throat> depending on some of your, what you do, because I don't know, I see a lot of young faces, so I'm assuming there's a lot of um, 
ministry interns, associate pastors, youth leaders, might be some church planters here. But in, in the pastoral ministry, and I've been a pastor for 35 years, usually at this time, it's, it's, it's the month of November and the month of May where pastors start to feel pretty worn out. They've been running hard. This is a pre-COVID reality. They've been running pretty hard. And, um, and just like you would never give a, a pastor a pair of scissors Sunday night or Monday morning after they've preached, you would, you would never, you would never uh, take, you never make decisions in ministry in the month of November or the month of May because most people are ready to quit then anyway, okay? They're, they're just hanging on to Thanksgiving. And then that unofficial holiday that all ministers have, no one will take vacation time because they know between December 25th and around January 12th, ain't nothing happening nowhere. So we have this unofficial holiday season in there that we all lean into. And if you don't repent, you, you do too. You just don't want to admit it. And so it, it happens. It's part of the ministerial calendar, if you will, no matter what your tradition. Once you, once you finished your 100 members singing Christmas tree, all you wanna do is just go hide out somewhere and lick your wounds, right? So, so we've got a lot of things going on. And in this unique season, we're coping with anxiety in a lot of unique ways. But here's the dilemma we're facing. You've heard of, um, COVID fatigue, right? You've heard of pandemic fatigue. I'm going to assume you have. Um, a lot of ways, that's in many ways, that's, that's just another way of saying a lot of our coping strategies are failing us. We've been hanging on. We've been trying to make it. And it seems like it's whittling us away more and more and more. Um, it's very hard to make plans when you don't know what next week is going to bring in the numbers. It's already been referenced here in this call, how this was supposed to be a physical meeting, but then what happened? We had to adjust again. And guess what? You're going to have to adjust again and again and again. We're falling into a state of despair and angst because a lot of our coping strategies are no longer working for us. And on top of that, a lot of our suffering has been politicized now. No matter where you stand on the political spectrum, it has been politicized. So brothers and sisters, I wanna to submit to you that we are in an age of trauma. And for all of you who are sharing overwhelmed, discouraged, tired, um, stressed. Um, I just want to normalize that. That's normal right now. But here's the thing that I think we need to be aware of. If you've ever read, I highly recommend the book, The Body Keeps the Score. I think it may be one of the most important books to read for us in this day. And what it basically talks about is the role of trauma in our body. And you are carrying stress in your body right now. If you're dealing with anxiety, if you're not sleeping well, if you find that you're dealing with depression or panic attacks, 
that you're getting angry, you're becoming more argumentative. Maybe you're finding yourself struggling in relationships. This is all under this umbrella of trauma, but the things, but the thing about our culture, we're just now understanding trauma, but a still a large part of our culture doesn't want to name it as trauma. It's not a capital T trauma. It's not like having to survive a wartime situation or going through the divorce of family. It's a small T trauma, but these little small T traumas add up and our body begins to tell us through things like anxiety, depression, anger, lack of sleep, lack of appetite, too much appetite. I, I would say drinking too much, but you're Baptist, so I know none of you do that. Maybe you have a relative somewhere who might know somebody who has a drink too much at night. And so all of these things come together and it starts to affect us. But we're learning a lot now about trauma uh, neurologically. And what we, what we understand is that, is that our limbic system, the, 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 the senses of fight, flight, or freeze start kicking in. It's a trauma language. I mean, it's a good thing. It protects us, except it's, we just keep reinforcing this limbic pattern in our minds and our bodies are physically reacting. Just face it. Listen, guys, when you wear a mask, and I'm for wearing masks, by the way, when you wear a mask, it gives us, it, it puts us into a state of isolation. We're not around people as much. And the more we isolate, the more we become irritated when people actually come into our world. So we're all experiencing trauma. Maybe some of you have experienced trauma in your Christian organization. Maybe you've, you've had good ideas and maybe a lot of your plans have been shot to rubble because of COVID. You were just getting something going. It was going to be so exciting. And then COVID hit. And you're facing the trauma of loss. Some of us might even have a sense of abandonment with God, asking ourselves, God, where are you? So we get into these limbic ruts. Our our, we start to set a pattern in our brain and it's a fight, flight, freeze pattern in different gradations. And what begins to happen, limbic pattern, this thing in our brain starts to be running and we're not even aware that it's going on. Why do I share all this right now as I kick everything off? I guess one of the first things I think is important for us to do is to be self-aware of where we actually are. What is actually triggering us? I pastored in uh, North Carolina for 13 years before I moved to New York City. 9-11 occurred, I was there two days later. Been there ever since, till now. And uh, in North Carolina, we had a saying, said a dog in the hunt doesn't know it's got fleas. And we just kept on it. And for a lot of us, we're just going, 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 and we're not self-aware of what's actually happening to us. So I'd like to offer us a moment today to become self-aware just a little bit more. Just in this, just to stop. We're all being triggered in one way or another. Are you aware of how you're being triggered? 
are you aware of the things that might be activating the anxiety or the fatigue? Because here's what happens when we do get triggered, we all have default strategies that we go to. We walk in these default strategies so long, we're not even aware of them. And now in COVID, our default strategies are not working like they used to. And so we have a desperation factor that's increasing and increasing. So I'm hopefully connecting in with some of our souls, hopefully helping us stop just for a moment. You know, in trauma, it actually shows in our body. So if you just took a moment, you don't, we're not going to ask you to say anything. Take a scan of your body right now. I'm sorry for my brothers and sisters who are driving. You're not going to be able to do this. But take a moment, just scan your body. Where are you feeling stress? What do your shoulders feel like? How about your stomach? Yeah, I'm just waiting. I think we carry a lot more stress than we're aware of. And it causes us to do things to try to cope. And yet, when we're in this situation where COVID, the political climate, economics, everything else going on, the rise of the nuns, the 30% that are not coming back to church uh, after COVID, the fact, you know, because I work with the Southern Baptists in a lot of different fronts, I know that 70% of Southern Baptist churches have plateaued or are now in decline. 70%. Tell me that doesn't carry stress. Yeah. We have to be aware of what's going on. And yet what an opportunity now for us to take the words of Jesus in Matthew 5, 3 in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, is there a daisy that can grow out of this cow pal? Yeah, there is. Coming to a place of despair, to a place of depression, to a place of anxiety, to a place of real stress can also bring us to a place where we recognize how much we are trying to control things around us and we are willing to let go. I would submit to you that a lot of our anxieties are based upon our need to control more so than any external circumstances. Think about that. I'm slowing it down. What happens if we just slow it down and we think about how we're trying to control things?
you know, I think the church has been evangelized a lot more by corporate America than corporate than uh, than that. We but corporate America has evangelized church more than the church has evangelized corporate America. Quite candidly, I think we see Christian growth as something where we're just um, uh, exponential increasing in knowledge and all that. But I, I, I don't think that's what the biblical narrative is. Actually, I think the biblical narrative is that Christian growth is marked by disillusionment, disorientation, despair, despondency, feelings of abandonment and alienation. Just ask Moses around year 27 in the desert. Just ask Joseph after the bearer did not tell him, tell the Pharaoh that he was there. Just ask Jacob as he's walking with intense pain in the limp as he sees the dust of his brother Esau coming over the horizon. These are the biblical narratives, brothers and sisters. Everything else is just Americana. And so think about this. We might even have the Psalms if you didn't have writers who are going through places of despondency. So we have, we have an illusion of control and we go through different ways where we try to adjust for that control. But I have good news for you here today. You really don't have control. You never did. I wanna encourage you that the Lord might be using these circumstances to disengage you from the illusion of control. What does it look like to pursue health in a biblical way right now? I think part of it is recognizing that we can't control our circumstances and we never could. Part of our, part of our job description is to plant seeds, but remember it's only God who can cause the growth, right? If we take the burden of growth, that's beyond our job description and that causes its own pain. And so healing is a part of what God's calling us towards. So, so there are a lot of classic scripture, a lot of classic Christian practices I could talk about now. I could talk about silence. I could talk about solitude, fasting, prayer, I talk about meditation on scripture. But every one of you on this call are very different. Every one of you. So one size doesn't fit all. For some people, solitude, they're going, what the heck? I'm, I, I love solitude. Some of you are actually enjoying this COVID so nicely because now you don't have to interact with people. You're just having a great time with all this. For others people, it revs your mind up. For some people, silence doesn't do it. Maybe you need an image. Maybe you need to be by the ocean or you need to be around mountains. Maybe for some of you, you need sounds. Each of us need to come to this based upon how we are wired. Now, that being said, how can we get away to become so self-aware of our own anxieties, our own tensions? I would submit to you talking to people in community. So as we've taken this time to think through to examine in our bodies, where our bodies keeping the score. 
I believe it is a kindness and a freedom for us to admit how difficult things are. Is it okay for you to be despondent? Are you okay with being despondent? Are you okay with having no immediate answer and being uncomfortable with that? Romans 2.4 says this, it is God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Kindness happens when we feel safe, when we feel seen, when we can show up to each other, when we can be present, open, and vulnerable. This is the nature of God, right? It's the Trinity. The Trinity is an eternal, vulnerable, open. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit are doing full disclosure to each other, right? But we're, we're creatures of the garden. So when we're naked, we feel ashamed. We want the fig leaves. We want to cover things. But what COVID is asking us to do is to come out of trauma into safety. Because we can experience healing from our suffering, our anxieties, and we can become more aware of our sin as we also become more aware that God loves us so much. He truly uses all things for the good. The gospel heals us. And I believe that's where the gospel comes in. Clarity, understanding your, your tension won't heal you. Only the gospel will. But when you see the cross, when you understand that Jesus embraced our suffering, he knows what anxiety is about. He knows what despondency feels like. When the father turned his back on Christ and he knows what sin looks like because he became sin itself so that we could be the righteousness of God. So I'm hoping you can understand what God is offering you here today. A time for you to be honest with your feelings. Don't, please don't Christianize them. Don't American Christianize them. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good for the Lord. No, you may not be. I doubt if you are. Please drop that. Be biblical. Face your fears, your anxieties, your sufferings. So I, I'd ask George, can we do breakout rooms? Is that a possibility? Need you to unmute I'm there, gonna brother. I'm going to try here. Here we go. I'm okay. So here's rooms. before you do it. Wait, okay. Don't do it yet. Wait. I'm, I won't. So <laughs> good. Um, so here's what I want you to do for the next few moments. I want you to go into some breakout rooms. Let's do three to four in a room, George, please. It'll, it'll randomly set it up. Okay. Three to four to a room. And I want you to, to, I want you to think about this scripture. We comfort with the comfort that we have received. What does comfort, receiving comfort mean for you? What is being honest about what you're really facing in your body what you're really facing your soul mean? And what would receiving comfort mean for you in this age of COVID, in this unique season we're in right now? George, if we could do this, uh, okay. Tim, can we do five minutes in that and come back? Is that cool? Hey, I got, I got the bishop's nod. So, okay, so five minutes go. and then we'll come back together.
how was that for you guys? Not necessarily what you shared, but the process itself. And then I'm going to give it over to Tim. But how was that for you guys? So ours ended up being a very small group. I think somebody couldn't talk because they were uh, calling in. So Joshua and I just had a really good time of just sharing kind of like our seasons and like what our churches are going through and how that's affecting us emotionally. So it's good just to touch base with that. Who else? Don't forget to unmute yourself if you're talking. <laughs> we don't have much time, guys, so go for it. <laughs> I'll, I can speak for that group. Um, it was a little short because we were we're sort of introing ourselves, but I think uh, I think a theme that came up is that we don't know how we feel most times and that we don't actually like stop and maybe do like a check-in or maybe we're not even aware half the time of what's really going on. So I feel like we kind of didn't answer the question, but that kind of did answer the question, if that makes sense. Yeah, it did. Yeah. No, excellent, Heather, excellent. Thanks. Right now, guys, less is more. Do you have the courage to slow down? Hmm. Do you have the courage to do less? Good, keep going. What else? Um, um, again, I, I, I think we are, we are three of us in our line. And, and one of the things that I was, you know, I, I mentioned is that when you're looking at church, you know, in the, in the New Testament, and we see our clothes, um, you know, the people were, and, and I do feel that they really share everything. And I think in situation, if, you, if I were to put COVID in that time, I could see a, a different reaction to those leaders than we're probably having today. Because they live with each other, they live for each other, and 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 they were really close, and and that's that's my impression when when I read uh, you know in the book of Acts the reaction of the church and how they were all making things happen together. And I think you know in this day and age with COVID nineteen, us as leaders, we, we always the one that is in the front, always the one that have the hand to hand out or be ready or be on the pulpit. We're gonna be ready. And and I think that 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 that's becoming handicapped because now in one way or another, I think the the people of God who are home, you know, I because I've experienced a couple of family members when I call them, I end up doing you know spending some time and pray with them and 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 Bible study, and I try to do an open forum Bible study, not like uh, like I'm the leader Bible study. And I read a passage and I'll tell them, what do you think? And, and how does that make a difference to you? And I think, I think, I just think that the, the I've learned for, through that time, we need to equip the people of God to be dependent on God. And us as leaders to know that we are also, we need to be fed also. And, and I think that's, that's, that's through those few months that just passed, I've been getting a lot out of Women's 12. And, and it's been such a blessing to me and to my church and, 
reading it over and over and trying to memorizing it. And I really think us as leaders, again, I think that we put the church in, in a position of vulnerability when we don't equip the church, not just the leaders, the church, encouraging home Bible study, encouraging home Bible reading, encouraging those kind of behaviors well, I think, I think is important. I think that's really good. I think, I think part of the dilemma that a lot of guys are facing is that it's hard to have home Bible studies. It's hard to have all those things, right? And so um, that's really good. So the next, thank you. Um, one of the things that I, I, as I'm going to give it over to Tim in just a moment or George or Grace, whoever, um, that once again, thank you for allowing me to, to kind of mess with your worlds a little bit <laughs> is I, what I, what I'm trying to do is to help you guys know that to slow down is very important. And in this season to not have all the answers is actually the right stance to not feel like you have to be the home run or that's that's a u.s analogy see a lot of people did not feel like you have to be the hero of the story because hmm. you're not hmm. you never were hmm. and that should be freeing for you to recognize you are not the hero of the story there's only one hero And so can we get rid of that? Can we un explore this, unburden our load of trying to be the hero and put that down at the feet of the true hero, Jesus Christ, and let him take it and experience his love, his acceptance, his, his kindness, mm. which leads us to repentance. I believe, brothers and sisters, that when we're able to listen to ourselves, let our body keep the score, be willing to talk to others about where we really are and not feel the pressure to be the hero, it sets a path for us to come back to wholeness and freedom. So I'm going to give it over to Tim and whoever to let you guys, I'll still be here. Awesome. We have, we have a couple minutes left. We are going to honor your time and um, do you want to open it up for questions? I, if nobody has one, I have a question, yeah. but um, any, anybody have a question for Dave in regards to uh, what we talked about soul care for ourselves? You can either type it in the chat or unmute yourself and, and say it out loud. So hi, David, this is, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. This is Frank Williams, um, New York. I pastor two churches in the Bronx. And um, I, I was really, uh, I was really um, taken by uh, the way you described uh, Christian discipleship in terms of some of the, the things to look for. And you mentioned despair and despondency and you made references to Moses in the wilderness and, and, and um, Joseph forgotten by you know the butler and so forth. Um, that really struck a chord with me, and I uh, just wanted you to if if there's anything more to expound in that area and to just connect those dots a little bit more for me. I, I you know after just for years you know you were saying you know we were discipled or influenced by the corporate culture more so, and I think that there have been so many 
versions of the gospel in America, whether it's mm. prosperity or health and wealth and, and so much connected to our capitalistic culture that, yeah, you know what, you, you really struck a chord there for me. Can you talk a little bit more about that, please? Thank you, Frank. That's, that's a tip of an iceberg for me. And so I, I, could, I could speak for the rest of the day on that. But uh, for me, uh, how can I capsulize it? I, um, I won't be able to. But I, I do think, okay, let me give you one. Here's, here's, ready for this? You're all world changers. That sounds good, doesn't it? Unless you actually believe it, then man, to have to live up to that world changer talk. How many false selves do we have to create to be a world changer? How many false fronts do we have to put up just so that we can try to fit that narrative of being a world changer? Good luck with that world changing thing. Um, it'll drive you in the ground. Vision, or let me, let me give you another little saying. Vision is a wonderful tool. It is a horrible taskmaster. we can be vision led into the ground. And so what if God wanted to take people away from your church? Do you have a theology big enough for that? What if he wanted your church to fail because he's preparing you for something 30 years down the road you don't even see? Can you have that kind of perspective? Or is it bigger is better, growth is the best thing, we just need to grow, right? I would say it's Americana. And so I think there's a lot of assumptions we have about leadership that don't serve us well. And let me tell you, let me tell you the fruit of it. We have a devastation trail behind us of pastors who have burned out, fallen to moral failure, have crashed and burned. It's absolutely stunning the number of failures in ministry failures in ministry that we have. I would submit to you, I think the system is broken. And mm. I think we've set these brothers and sisters up for defeat because the system itself is corporate America, not biblical Christianity. Mm. There, how's that for a grenade? Wow. It's good. Thank you. Thank you. It's good. Dave, I, I guess one other question, and I apologize in advance. It's probably <laughs> a heavier question to end with, but I think it's important. I, I was reading an article last week about um, just the slew of, and you, you just mentioned it, more, uh, moral failures and suicides. You know, we think about Darren Patrick. Um, and the article I thought made a good point. And they said that, you know, part of the problem is pastors are set up, um, rightly or wrongly, to meet the needs and help and fix everybody else. And so they get in this mode where they don't even know how to stop and like do literally what we just did today, where we slowed down and what, you know, tried to become self-aware of our own stuff. Like what would be a good, I mean, maybe that's the answer. What would be a good first or second step for pastors that or leaders that don't want to look at themselves because it's just much more comfortable to fix everybody else um, to their own detriment, to our own detriment? Like, what would you say to us? Well, you know, I'm, let me give you the disclaimer. I'm the coaching catalyst. So I, I train my coaches. I, I would say get a gospel-centered coach, not just a coach, 
but a gospel-centered coach. Mm. That's what I would say. I think um, I think uh, the first step would be to get voices. Let, let, me, let me just back up for a moment, Tim. It's actually a journey going from a position as a pastor to your true position as a son or a daughter of the Lord. Mm. And we lose our sonship, and I'm going to use that term biblically, not gender-based, because Romans' sonship is about inheritance and status in that in the unique Jewish culture of its day. It was it was not a gender specific, it was gender, but it actually meant more back then. But this is for men and women to have that heritage, maybe would be the word that might be appropriate. Uh, as a son or a daughter of God, we miss that in light of all the performance requirements that we feel like we have to do. And it's everything from acting like what you're supposed to act like in ministry to the pressures of a pastor's wife, the way she is supposed to be to, I mean, it's, it, we are, we are shooting ourselves in the foot culturally all the time. So I would say, first of all, um, come back to who you are before you ever got into ministry. Because hmm. that's actually who you are. Everything else, you're just performing to meet the corporate standards. Hmm. Let's admit that. It's hmm. good. Awesome. Anybody else? We have about one or two more minutes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dave. I, I hope uh, for you, for all of you, I, I hope that was like a holy moment. I, I know it was for me just to, to breathe and to slow the pace down and to, uh, to look at ourselves. And we want to, um, I'm going to actually turn it back over to George because we really want to make sure that if you're on this call, that if you're one of those that's hurting right now, that like needs like more, that you get access to what you need. And so we actually have a next step um, if that's you and may, or maybe, you know, somebody, another leader or pastor that needs something like that. So Dave, do you want to, I mean, George, do you want to uh, just say a little bit about what we're offering and what has been offered to us, I should say, as far as that goes? Uh, yes, thank you, Tim, and thank you, David, for helping us all to slow down. That was uh, that was a good that was that was refreshing, even though it might have been a little intimidating uh, at the beginning. So I appreciate that so much. Um, yeah, what Tim's referring to is that we have uh, access to a certified counselor, pastoral counselor uh, in uh, Georgia, who has his own counseling ministry and. His name is David Bradford. Uh, at, uh, I think it's Finding Hope Ministries. Don't, don't quote me on that. But if you are, are interested in talking with David, if you know someone else that would like to do that, uh, please let me know. You probably all, all have our access uh, information for emails and things. Uh, the fees are being covered by one of our partner churches. And I, actually, uh, uh, David, I am referring people to him uh, regularly. Uh, I know of several that have uh, initiated that conversation with him even this week. So uh, thank you for that reminder. We're so grateful to the church in uh, uh, the outskirts of Atlanta that reached out to us and said, we use this, this gentleman exclusively. 
marital preparation, counseling, things like that. He's uh, top notch. He speaks Spanish. Uh, for those of you who need, uh, who are more comfortable with uh, with the Spanish language. And so we're really grateful for him. So that's, we, we can send that to you. Uh, find Hope Counseling. I think uh, Grace just put that on there. We will send you his information if that's uh, an interest to you. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, George. Hey, thank you guys again for taking uh, a little bit of time today. I hope this was helpful. And just again, we really rely on your feedback. So if you have other uh, other topics of interest, you know, we'll do our best to to get some more virtual training going for you guys. And uh, but thank you guys for taking the time, Dave. Thanks again, man. That was really a blessing. And I, I know that God is going to use that in, in some big ways. So thank you so much for joining us today. And uh, I will take you out for lunch down in Nashville when I'm there later this year. Awesome. George, anything else? Grace? Uh, no, uh, our online prayer time will be on Friday at 11 o'clock. Uh, we will feature uh, Danny Torres, who is a native of New York and planting the Swerve Church in Bushwick. So uh, he's looking forward to being with us. And that's always a good time just to get to know people. We, we usually, uh, we, we try to use these prayer times to kind of introduce ourselves to one another because our association, our city is so big that we can think, hey, we're, we're, we're alone. We don't have anybody on our side. So Danny's going to join us. Hope you can. We usually try to take about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Uh, we talk together, list our prayer requests, pray together. And uh, David, thanks for the for the challenge. Maybe we'll do the prayer time by by breakout rooms uh, on Friday. We'll try that. So appreciate that. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Hey, thank you guys. Have a great day. Let me uh, let me close this out in prayer, and then uh, we will uh, be dismissed. Let's pray. Uh, Father, I just thank you for uh, this moment today, just to pause, to slow down, to listen. Uh, to get back in touch with not just our environment, but what's what's happening in, inside of us. And okay, we, we are quick to compartmentalize and, and dismiss the physical from the spiritual, but I thank you for the reminder that we are um, created as physical, emotional, social, and spiritual beings, and it all matters. And so God, I, I pray that you would allow us to even slow our schedule down and to be reminded of the grace that you have given to us and that our identity is not in what we do or who stays or who goes. Our identity is found in you. And just remind us that again today. And I pray that we would just get uh, that shalom, that peace that only you can give. And God, I pray that if there's people on this call that need to be bold to take that next step to, to reach out and to get help, um, that they would do it, that they would um, uh, be vulnerable enough uh, to admit uh, that need and to allow you uh, to do something great in their life. And so again, God, we just thank you for this time. Uh, I pray God just continue to work in and through us as leaders in and around the city and uh, may it be all for your glory. And uh, we love you so much. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you again, David. Thank you all. My joy. Thank you, everyone. It's such a privilege. Thank, Thank you. you.